Toward the end of August, late in the afternoon, Michael Jr. came bounding into the tenement. Father, I have great news. Michael had to smile. He hadn't seen his son this happy in a long time. Slow down or you're going to hurt yourself. Do, do you remember the rebel prisoner I told you about, named O'Malley? Yes, what about him? Well, he got a job with his uncle in Chicago, at his shop. His uncle isn't doing well, and he's going to give the shop to Tom. Tom wants me to be his partner, and I'm going to say yes. What about Raven in Boston? I'm going to ask her to come with me. Does Tom know about Raven? Yes, Father. I've told him about her. Michael could tell his son was getting irritated, so he didn't push it. But he suspected he hadn't told Tom everything about Raven. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Yes, I believe it's my best opportunity. All right, but you're going to have to tell your mother. Tell me what, Katie said, as she came into the room. I'm moving to Chicago, said Michael Jr. I'm going to be a partner with Tom the Reb I met during the war. You're too young to be moving that far away. I'm not a child anymore, Mother. I can make my own decision. We'll discuss this later. Dinner's ready. No, Mother, you need to listen. I need to do this. There's nothing for me here. Chicago is my future. I'm going as soon as spring comes. I'm sorry if you don't agree, but this is the way it's going to be. Katie was going to say something, but stopped herself. She knew that look of determination. Yes, she thought he was definitely her son. Through the fall and went into the winter, Michael felt a tension just beneath the surface. The subject of Michael Jr. leaving was not talked about often, and the subject of Raven in Boston was not talked about at all. Michael Jr. continued to work at the butcher shop under Hans, earning money for the trip. Mary had also stopped going to school and was working beside her mother doing needlework. Anyone who viewed the scene from afar would have seen that Mary was slowly replacing her mother. Michael knew that Mary was trying to do the work of both of them in an attempt to preserve her mother's life. The only ones who remained in school were Danny and Patrick. I don't understand why I have to continue to go to school. Because right now that is your job, Michael said, exasperated. He loved Danny, but Danny could drive a good man mad with all his questions. Ever since Danny could talk, it was why, how come... There were times when Michael wished he was more like Michael Jr., but he was also so proud of how smart he was. Listen, Danny, I know you want to help, and I appreciate that, but your mother and I had talked about it, and we believe that your road to a better future lies in an education. You're one of the smartest young men I've known, and that intelligence will take you far as you want to go. What if it takes me into the church? Michael paused for a moment. Katie and Michael were both cradle Catholics, raised from birth in the church. Katie attended Mass and Confession at least once a week. 
Michael occasionally wandered from the beaten path, and his church attendance was even, to put it mildly. He had trouble remembering the last time he had attended con confession. He knew that he should, but he never felt worthy. Nonetheless, he was Catholic down to the, his very soul. He never questioned what the Catholics dirt. He never questioned what the Catholic Church stood for or believed, but he never thought about having a priest in the family, and he was stunned that the thought had even entered Danny's mind. Michael would be proud to have a priest in the family, but he also knew it was a difficult life. Danny would have to give off a lot, including girls. But being his son, he wasn't sure that was possible. Michael decided not to say anything to Katie about his conversation with Danny. Her over-enthusiasm might push Danny into a decision that he might regret later. If that's God's path for you, I will support you, 